Quality Files. There's mood lighting today. There is because it's so fucking hot. It's still so hot. The sun is just like beaming down into here. Yeah. I close some curtains. I know when I before I got out of my car, like cracked the windows. So it's, like I'm not about to get in a sauna. It's October. It's supposed it's to be literally October. Cool and pretty, and the leaves are just falling off the trees. And dying. <laughs> no, they're just like okay, we're not changing. <laughs> I know, but I'm still in a spooky mood. Are I you? I actually drove the back way today because oh. I was like, oh, I bet the trees are starting to change. No. Not no. No, I'm sure they will at some oh, yeah. point. But because it's so hot, I'm assuming there won't be a fall. You know, no, there never it's is. Still so since it's still so hot, there won't be a fall. It'll just we'll wake up one morning and it will be 38 degrees and three inches of snow on the ground. Yep, not a and fan. then we'll all get sick. <laughs> I'm already trying. So I can't <laughs> tell if it's allergies because of this fucked up weather uh. or not. So you did some. Oh, you're listening to Oddity Files. The, the podcast. podcast. That's Clayton Abbott. And that's Kitsy Duncan. Hey, how you doing? That We're one so threw glad me through you're a loop. here. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I tried. Um, you did some really cool things yesterday. I cannot wait to hear more about. Yeah, I did. So Mr. Spiritual Clayton. I know. Yesterday was a day. So yeah, I went and had a, a Reiki session done. I'm so jealous. And so I actually went for something completely different. And to the store, you know the store, it's in Greenwood. Yes. And um, I go in, and as I was checking out, I saw that they were doing them. And as you also know, someone recently recommended that I have one done. Yes. And something was just telling me, like, just ask about it, just ask about it. So I was done, I got done checking out, and I was like, hey, how often do you all do Reiki? And she's like, actually, we do, we have her here today. She's here three days a week. It's like it was meant to be. And she goes, and I said, you need to make an appointment, this, that. And she said, we've actually ha- had a cancellation. And this was at 2.19. It she was said, literally meant to happen, Clayton. A cancellation at 2.30. And I was like, no way. For a half hour session. So I was like, I'm doing it. Too many things were saying do it. Yeah. And it was, and you know me, especially with things like that. Right. I'm very skeptical of it. Yeah. So more so than ghosts nowadays. Right. Well, and I absolutely <laughs> believe in like you like empaths and that aspect of things. I right. believe people are sensitive, but I don't know how I feel about the whole like cleansing of auras and energies and all that. But right. So this woman comes out and for like I, I compare it to those of you that are like close or were close to your grandparents. Like the feeling you had as a kid when you got to your grandparents' house, you were just like happy, so but excited. comfortable yeah. and just like fall asleep on grandpa's lap, like that sort of thing. When she came out and shook my hand like that, I had an overwhelming sensation of that. What? Yeah. And we were looking at each other dead in the eye and she was maybe like late, mid sixties. Okay. And so she asked me basically like, my impression of Reiki or if I'd ever done it. And I was like, I have not, I know very little about it. So we go back and like I said, it was only a half hour session. So she kind of tells me what she's going to be doing. She's like, you know, sometimes I don't have to like have any physical touch at all. It will all just be like a couple inches off of your body, but we'll just see. And the moment I walked in, she's like, she, what did she say first? She Oh, when I first walked in, she was like, you have a very big heart. Oh. That's what she said. And I was like, okay. But as you know, I like don't give them any tips or pointers because None. they're going to prove themselves. Right. So I, she asked me to lay down on this table, just face up. She's like, just close your eyes and just try and almost like meditate. Just like think of nothing. Mm-hmm. Which is the hardest thing in the world. And it was really cool. And at one point I actually got like. An extreme sense of vertigo. Really? Like I felt like I was going to roll off the table. And I had to open my eyes like to refine my my center. Right. So she asked me like a couple things throughout. But for the most part, it was just silence. And she had her hands like on the top of my head, my shoulders, the sides of my head, my neck, then my knees and my feet. Um, 
And it was really, really cool. And when I got done, I asked her, I said, is it normal to feel like dizzy or something? And she told me that my solar plexus was very out of whack and that she spent a lot of time like rebalancing that. And that when that happens, yes, it literally makes you feel dizzy. And she said, that's why when you set up, I like had my hand behind your back to make sure you were like sound. Where's the solar plexus again? It's like this, your center. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And, and that's where like all your energy focuses. Emanates from maybe. Yes. I am making sure. I haven't gotten to that chapter yet. <laughs> uh, but no, it was very, very cool. And then when I left, so I asked her, I was like, how often are you supposed to do this? Or, yeah. And she said for new people, if you want to do it once a month, you can. She said she has her son every six months. Oh. She said that she went through a pretty traumatic experience in her life with a relationship and she was having it done every week. Okay. Until she got to a good place. So it's kind of just like whatever you're going through. But I will say when I left and I was telling DJ Jimmy this on the phone afterwards that as crazy as it sounds, I felt like I was almost like being held up like a couple pounds. Does that make sense? Can like I, I oh like, like a marionette? I, yes, but like I was walking, but I felt like I didn't have all of my weight on me. Oh, wow. Yeah, I swear. And it sounds absolutely insane. Not really, because I am a believer in this. Yeah. I've never had it done, but I, I feel like it can make a difference. And I will say, like, I think, granted, don't just go out there and if someone's like, oh, yeah, I can do that for you. Like, I absolutely believe that you need to find someone who does it. Right. Legitimately. But if you do, I think everyone should go do it. Hmm. Her name is Jackie. She's in Greenwood, Indiana at Inner Path. Okay. And yeah, she was phenomenal. And I will absolutely be going back. And I told DJ Jimmy, I was like, you should just go do it. Like, just get it done. Like, I want everyone to get it done. And I want to sit in the room while they're getting it done. (laughs) (laughs) But no, she was just a really... Does she talk about what was neat? I mean, other than your solar plexus, solar plexus was off. Was there anything she's like... Oh, maybe you should do more of this. Like after you get like a regular massage. No, she did say that it's important to keep my creative energies flowing. Oh, she good. said, I can tell you're a very creative person and it is important to keep that aspect of your life moving. Yeah. And what else did she say? Something about there was just a lot of she called it debris that she had to get through. She said but that's very normal for someone who's never had it done. Okay. Yeah, it was it was very cool. She didn't really ask me that many questions or say much at all during it. Um, I wonder and, what goes through her mind while she's doing it. I know. Well, and I like I had my eyes closed most of the time, so I don't know if her eyes were open, shut. Yeah. A couple times she like fluctuated her breath, like like she was trying real hard. Yeah, and she would like um, like flick her fingers. You know, like huh? You know, like when you have like salt or something on your yeah, fingers, yeah, yeah. just like. She did that a couple times. But yeah, it was very cool. I learned a lot, a lot, a lot. I definitely want to go back. I would recommend people doing it, even just to open your mind to the idea of it. Because that's only really the second situation. Spiritual situation. Yeah, that I've had in my life. And both have kind of turned out to be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. See, I I try to clear myself of the negative energies, the dark energies, things like that on a regular basis with meditation. And you've seen my freaking crystal collection. (laughs) So I'm curious to see and smudging all the time. I'm curious to see. I have to go first and foremost, but curious to see what she would say about me. Because every time I, I, I... see a a medium or anybody with any kind of abilities that way they're always like oh my god you're surrounded by people yeah which terrifies me and i try not to think about it on a regular basis she did say she said you really love people don't you that's the only thing she said about people really yeah well she'll look at me and go god you fucking hate people don't you (laughs) (laughs) she's like actually i'm busy today (laughs) exactly that's amazing though i'm so glad you did it me too i really really am if and like i said it just worked out because i wasn't planning on doing it right then and there it's one of those things like yeah i'll do it if and when you know yeah and when it kind of presented itself to me i was like okay 
I mean, there were no more signs you could have been handed to say, oh, get your ass in there. <laughs> there was a woman in there, and we might have to cut this out too. There was a woman in there walking around that literally looked like the woman from Harry Potter that like, reads tea leaves, like oh my big God, glasses, like looking like. <laughs> and I was so worried. I was like, if it's her, I'm not going to be able to take this seriously. <laughs> I would take it more seriously. Like, I'm not going to be able to. And it wasn't. She was just like a sales lady on the floor. <laughs> oh, love it. I was it. like, oh, hell, I can't do this. Oh, well, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm so excited for you. And thank you. I mean, we're recording this on Wednesday, but this will air on Friday, yes. which we're going to be in Greenwood on Friday oh, yeah, for perfect. our JCPLIN live podcast. So maybe I'll see if I can stop in a little early yeah. and I'll call and see if I can make an appointment. Make it Maybe all next time I go, I'll like tell her a little about what we do and see if she'll be on just to like explain a little bit more about. Yeah. Or be on the lookout yeah. for that kind of thing as well. That's amazing. I'm so excited for you. Thank Yay. you. Nothing spiritual going on here. All the editing and all the stuff is coming to an end, and I couldn't be more fucking <laughs> excited. It's been two months of, like, all day, every day. I mean, my yeah. husband had to do laundry a couple days, which oh, is a gosh. big deal in this house. Did I he love- remember how? He did. <laughs> there may have been some whites that accidentally made it into the dark. But, I mean, that's my jam. I, lo- I know you hate laundry. I, hate I- Love laundry. I love washing it, folding it. I hate putting it away. Well, that's me. I mean, I'll throw it in the washer. Yeah. But I wouldn't, ugh, folding and putting it away. But it's, that's my favorite smell in the world is is fresh Fresh laundry. laundry. So I don't mind. (laughs) And I love folding it when it's kind of warm, even though it's, you know, 90 degrees out. But I've been catching up on things around the house. So I'm kind of stoked. We, uh, but we're closer. Yes. We won't know until everything's submitted to Amazon. Right. We as, learned the hard way last season. Anything yeah. can happen. It's a waiting game yes. at this point, pretty much. But we will keep you posted yep. as soon as we know anything at all um, about season three on Amazon Prime. But if you haven't watched season one on one and two on Amazon Prime, get on over there and, and check it out. We're, uh, we're real excited about season three. It's Yeah, I'm it, very excited about it. It was an intense few investigations there were we learned a lot yes and i just can't wait for everybody to see it i know and tell us what you think yes absolutely because this will be the first new season since we started the podcast it is i think we do bring up the podcast a couple times i don't know if it made the final cut but because you never know what amazon's gonna say about that exactly so yeah super excited about that also check us out on all the socials we're at oddity files on twitter and instagram we've got a kind of sort of secret facebook group that like 10 people asked to be added this past weekend alone. i did see that it was crazy but it's oddity files fan group we should probably come up with a better name for that at some point. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, true. Um, where we share silly memes. Sometimes yeah. we throw up some behind-the-scenes footage while I'm editing. Somebody did ask if I would throw the new opener up there, but I wanted your permission first. Hmm. Let's find out when we know for sure that it's going to go live. Okay. On Amazon. Perfect. And then... because. There's nothing worse than teasing people and then a month and a half later. Literally. So like last season. Stay tuned. <laughs> um, and we have a website that has all our events, like the one I was just talking about on it. You go to oddityfiles.com, click on the events link. And some of the events we have going on, I'll do the the first three, you do the last three Perfect. on this list we're looking at. So Today, when this episode drops, we'll be at the JCPLIN in Greenwood, Indiana. We have a map, actually, on the website. It's 6.30 tonight for Oddity Files After Hours. Then Sunday, again, super excited. Words are hard. Excited about this one. We'll be at Scarlet Lane Old South Side at 6 p.m. and we're going to do a live broadcast there at not broadcast really live podcast there and um we actually so that one the whole like shindig starts at 6 p.m. we don't start recording till 7 p.m. correct so be there early so get there early yeah have so some you drinks see. yeah absolutely and then after that We've got Ace Chicago, October 11th. It's actually in Rosemont Mm -hmm. at the 
Donald E. Stevens Stevens. Convention Center. We don't have a time yet, but as soon as we do, we will get that out to you as well. And like I said, that's Friday, October 11th. And on to you, Clayton. And then we will actually be doing back-to-back Galaxy Cons. They have two shows in November, and we have been asked to do a podcast at both. So first we have GalaxyCon Minneapolis, and that is November 8th at 8 p.m. We are not sure exactly where in the convention center that will be, but that will be at GalaxyCon. And I've actually just had yesterday someone reach out to me about details regarding that show because they'll be in Minneapolis. Oh, cool. And then a couple weeks later, it is GalaxyCon Louisville, November 22nd at 8.30. And again, we don't know exactly sure where that those will be, but they'll be somewhere on those Galaxy Con floor plans. Absolutely. And when I said there were three at the bottom, we've got one that's not quite cinched up yet. So we should have <laughs> one more date to add yes. this fall for you guys where you can come out and see us. I love the live podcasts. I love meeting new people. I love getting up in front of people and telling them about creepy shit. And it's just remember when I just had a dream about doing a live podcast? How many have we done now? A lot. A bazillion. Well, and one of my favorite parts about the live podcast, and I feel like we say this a lot, is afterwards, just talking to people. Oh, I know. It's so much fun. I like to people if it's weird people. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, weirdos are my people, and I can't wait to see old faces and meet new faces. Do you have a paranormal in the news? Yes, I do have a couple paranormal in the news whispering over in the corner there. Um, Okay, so this one I just saw today, or last night. Okay, Time is hard. Arizona man accused of killing his son six in an exorcism attempt. What? Yes! Are you fucking kidding? Talk about a dick face. So Phoenix, Eric, oh, this is from WTHR, which is our local, one of our local news stations. Yeah. A six-year-old boy died after his father forced him to swallow hot water from a bathtub as part of an attempt attempted exorcism. Federal officials said in a in court documents that accused the father of first-degree murder. The father, Pablo Martinez, told investigators that he was trying to cast a demon out of the boy and also held the boy underwater for between five and ten minutes. Don't say minutes. I knew you were going to say minutes. Minutes. Ugh. According to the current, that's a long time. Yeah, if if your kid's got a fucking demon or not, you do not hold him under the water. Ugh. Martinez was arrested and detained following the September 26th death at a family's home. Oh, at the family's home on the I'm totally going to butcher this Pascua Yaqui Tribe Reservation southwest of Tucson. The documents did not list a cause of death for the boy. Drowning, duh. Um, uh, when investigators arrived at the home, Martinez and the boy's adoptive mother, Romelia Martinez, were outside, and Pablo Martinez raised his hands in the air saying, I did it, <gasps> the document said. Emergency workers found the boy naked on a bed, wrapped him in a towel, and took him to the hospital where he was pronounced dead. I guess because it's on tribal land, the FBI has to be involved if any of the parties are part of the tribe. I see. Um, so, yeah, and I'm assuming that's why they had to declare him dead at the, at the hospital, hospital as opposed to at the home. But this fucking guy. No. Uh, you know what? Kids are pain in the asses. They, they're not demons. They're not demons. Don't. That's also just terrible parenting. Literally. <laughs> I mean, I, I could not believe in this day and age... Ugh. That this would happen. You know, when you hear about this stuff, you know, anytime within the last 40 years, it's right. usually some mother suffering from postpartum depression. Exactly. Not an excuse, but it kind of sort of, I mean, hormones are a thing. Trust me. I'm a female and bitches be crazy. But this man, I, I can't. It gives but also, me- how many movies have you seen where they expel demons by holding them underwater? None. I don't even fucking know. None. I cannot even. Where is my other story? This one. I'm so. Nope, that's not it. Anyway, I don't know where the story is, but I meant to talk about this about two weeks ago. Did you know Jeffrey Dean Morgan has been cast in a new horror movie? No. It's about ghosts and demons and all that good stuff. So I don't know the name. I don't know who's producing it because I can't find the article, but super duper stoked about it. I bet Supernatural fans are freaking out. Oh, I'm sure. Absolutely. 
It should be a good one. Love that man. Love it when uh, he's coming back to the supernatural side of things. Yeah. So I'm going to go first this time. Okay. We're, we're missing DJ Jimmy. Wah, wah. We are still we were, up at Cedar Point. We were a happy family for two episodes <laughs> and then he just left us again. Daddy went out for cigarettes and he didn't come back. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> so with this, it's spooky season officially. Doesn't feel like it, but it's October. And while the rest of the world, this is where they embrace all the things, you know, that we love 365 days a year. Now we can merge, like I said last time, and share our creepy stories with the world. So, and I wrote that too. So Clayton and I have differing opinions on the Ouija board, a.k.a. Yes. the talking board. Just I just view them as any other ghost hunting equipment. It's a way to communicate with the dead. No different than a spirit communicating with a K2 meter, meter or a dowsing rod for yes and no answers. Kind of an old schooled spirit box, if you will, the typewriter to its computer. And then I have written, go into Clayton's thoughts on the Ouija board. I don't like the Ouija board because of how spirits and entities speak to you through it because they more or less manipulate your person. I know they're supposedly using the budget, but they're harnessing your body to speak through it. Whereas the wonder box, spirit box, they're speaking through that. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's my thing. I don't want to invite it. You've never told me that before, but that makes complete sense now. Yeah. So there you go. So Maya, <laughs> this is pretty much, okay, so y'all know that I've been on a true crime binge for the last yeah. year and a half, <laughs> um, but this is true true crimes and the Ouija board. I'm interested. Yeah. So the general public's opinions on the game are pretty serious mm. as well. You have your non-believers saying that it's just the subconscious mind of all the players moving the planchette. There are those that think every single board is a portal to hell. And there are those who think it's an amazing way to talk to the dead, like myself. But now I'm rethinking it because of what Clayton just said. <laughs> uh, the Ouija board was invented in the 1890s as a parlor game with no real association to ghosts or spirits. I need to look into this now because I didn't know that. In 1966, the rights to the game were sold to Hasbro, who still own it. And the Ouija boards have been mass produced ever since. My very first Ouija board experience was in high school at a sleepover. I know, I know. How freaking cliche is that? No pillow fights for this girl. I've been weird since the get-go. My friend Michelle and I headed over to Toys R Us and purchased one and asked the questions all high school girls do. Who will I marry? How many children will I have? You know, all the... The basic bitch shit. Totally boring stuff. And I don't remember asking the name of who we were speaking to or anything like that. But like I said, it was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, a.k.a. high school, uh, when I would ride my dinosaur to school barefoot and uphill both (laughs) ways. My first paranormal experience happened that very same night, scared the shit out of me and my friend. But that's a story for another time. And then I get into, I, I need to stop talking before I start reading my stories because then I go into me being on a true crime kick. <laughs> I got on the Google to search for crimes that have actually been solved by the Ouija board. Whoa. Didn't have much luck. Oh. Um, but I did come across a list of top 10 crimes connected to the Ouija board. So I chose a few of the 10 because there were, there's actually a lot. There's a wow. few top 10 lists. And the stories go... A little something like this. like this. On the night of February 11th, 2001, in Minko, Oklahoma, Grandma Carol and her daughter Tammy and two of her granddaughters, aged 15 and 10, decide to get the Ouija board out for some family bonding time. I mean, sure. Why not? Why not? Grandma Carol. According to Grandma Carol, she received a message from God via the Ouija board. And the, that's that's first. Okay, yes. I've never heard of somebody receiving Me a message from God, but we'll see. And the message was that her son-in-law and former mayor of Minko, he won the election by eight votes when he was 19. I thought that was kind of interesting. So this guy was going places. Yeah, for sure. 34 years old at this point, Brian Roach was evil and needed to be killed. Fair enough. I don't think God told her that. Me either, but some people, you know. <laughs> Whatever it takes. So Grandma Carol decided this was a good idea. 
because why not? I mean, a message from God, right? So she grabbed the knife, went into her son-in-law's room and stabbed him. Oh my gosh. Yes. Leaving him to bleed out and die despite his begging for help. Now her daughter and the grandchildren are there as well. Then grandma decides the 10 year old needs to die as well. Oh, not even kidding. Maybe grandma's crazy. Well, after stabbing her son-in-law, um, she tried to stab Tammy's 10-year-old daughter. But Tammy wrestled the knife from her mother, at least she stepped in on this one, and hid it in the house. It's said that Grandma Carol thought the 10-year-old was evil as well. I mean, 10-year-olds can seem evil sometimes. Okay, there. but you don't go drowning them about that. No. Well... Tammy wrestles the knife away away from her mother and hid it in the house. Grandma Carol decides they should all flee the scene. And they get in her car and leave Mayor Brian there for the police to find later. On Grandma's road trip, she decides everyone should die. (laughs) The whole shebang. And attempts to kill them by crashing the car into a road sign. And when that didn't work, this bitch decides to push the 15-year-old into oncoming traffic on the highway. my gosh. Bitches be crazy. Absolutely Bitch crazy. face Grandma Gar- Carol. So no one's hurt too bad in the accident okay. or even the pushing incident. But Grandma Carol, oh, she's no. broken both her ankles. Oh. Oh, poor Grandma. Not really. But despite her injuries, Carol sheds all the clothes she has on and runs on two broken ankles. Oh, no, that hurts. I can't even think about it. Up and over a highway median barrier and goes off to hide in the woods. This is kind of reminiscent of those twins. Yes, that's what I was going to say in the UK. I bet they were playing with a Ouija board. Probably. Maybe. Police found her hiding in the woods. She was taken to the University of Oklahoma Health and Sciences Center, Center for treatment. Experiments. Well, you never know. What's really odd about the case is that Grandma Carol had no history of mental problems. Okay. No drugs or alcohol were involved whatsoever, and investigators couldn't find any evidence of domestic problems in the home ever. Granny Carol was ruled insane. Classic. Because, yeah. When they don't know what else to do. Exactly. And committed to a psychiatric hospital. Tammy was also charged, but her case was later dropped. I think Tammy should have been thrown away as well because she didn't stop Grandma from killing her husband. So there you go. That's the story of Grandma Carol in the Ouija board. I've never thought about that, that because they say that sometimes spirits and entities can take can pose as other forms. Correct. Often like children or nice spirits in order to like win you over and then at the most opportune moment they turn on you i've never thought about one posing as god what's to keep them who says there are rules on who they can and cannot can and cannot portray right no you're absolutely right i mean if they're demons are there rules no rules see that's again a part of my thoughts on demon they can't you can't expel them out if they have no rules Hmm. so there you go So next, we're going to head to West Richland, Washington, in December of 2007. According to court documents, I'm going to screw up the pronunciation of poor Donald. Donald Shalin, 15, and his friend Joshua Tucker, 16, had been out Christmas shopping in hopes to find a gift for Donald's mother. When their search came up empty, Joshua talked Donald into purchasing a Ouija board because... Classic Christmas gift. You know... And the boys uh, that the boys had spotted during their shopping trip, Donald obliged, and they took the Ouija board home with them that night. Joshua and Donald get the board home and begin asking it questions. Guess what? One of the first questions that theirs was: I don't want to know. Should they become serial killers? What? Because you I know. thought you were going to say, like, "When am I going to die?" <laughs> no, not at all. But the board told him yes because you know why not? And this is an excuse. But keep going. Literally. And then his very next question. Oh, wait a minute. Because, I mean, this is a question sane children should even ask or have on their minds at any point in time. But the Ouija board agreed that they should. So they ask who they should kill first. And the Ouija board spells out mom. I knew it. Joshua had been living with Donald's family at the time. So on the night of December 19th. (gasps) 
the lads are drinking alcohol and cough syrup. Classic. The story is just as as fairy tale Christmas as it comes <laughs> with the Ouija board involved. Ouija board, alcohol, and cough syrup. Oh, at Donald's house, Josh looks at Donald and says, "It's time." Oh gosh, wait, is Josh the actual son or the friend? Josh is the friend. Ugh, that makes me mad. And okay, so and then Donald offered up his mother and sister because oh my, why not? Gosh, troubled teens is where I'm going with this. Okay, one. you can actually drown them. These two, absolutely. (laughs) Sorry. Can that be a form of like the death penalty? Drowning Uh, via exorcism? (laughs) Anywho. So Donald's 13-year-old sister was on the phone in another room when Joshua decides to grab a knife and kill Elizabeth by stabbing her in the throat. Holy fuck. Right. The boys decided to hide the body and clean up the blood because (sighs) these fucking guys. When Donald's mother, Lori, comes home. Lori had walked in as the boys attempted to clean up after murdering the 13-year-old no Elizabeth. Way. This is when Joshua decided to attack her as well and stabbed her 86 times until his knife broke. This is so terrible. It's awful. That I'm going to compare it to this. But you know the scene in Endgame when Drax jumps on the like one of the little Thanos friends and his both hand like going... Da, da, da. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Literally what I'm imagining. Literally. Terrible. <clears throat> Excuse me. So he's stabbing her 86 times until the knife actually just breaks. Then Donald gives Joshua a dumbbell <gasps> and a butcher knife so he can finish off the murder. Somehow, in the midst of all this, Lori's able to call 911. And but the rescue team doesn't even make it in time. Lori died on the way to the hospital. Yeah. Can you imagine I can't believe living she lived through that? that? Long. I know, it's terrifying. The boys fled the scene, covered in blood, and were later arrested by authorities. Joshua pleaded guilty and was sentenced to forty-one years in prison. At least he owned up to it. There was no plea, no nothing. He's just guilty. And Donald was offered a plea deal in exchange for a guilty plea. He was sentenced to only nine and a half (gasps) years in spite of protests from his surviving family members. He was just as much a part of that. Absolutely. And in my, you know, watching this play out, you know how you do when you're reading a story. Donald was pushing that fucker around. He wanted mom and his sister dead. I'm going that route. See, I think it was more so the friend, especially because the fact that the friend was one that's saying like, it's time, this sort of thing. And who was older? The friend? Um, yes. See, I bet it was. I mean, they're both mutually guilty. Right. While he didn't <clears throat> throw the right. stabs, he's just as guilty. So, yeah. Crazy. Terrifying, awful, and. Don't ask a Ouija board those questions. No. Duh. So, my last story, uh, we head over to Jolly Old England. This time, the Ouija board has done some good, or has it? On February 10th, 1993, 35-year-old Stephen Young, an insurance broker, entered the home of 45-year-old car dealer Harry Fuller in Wadhurst, England. Stephen was swimming in debt and apparently knew that Fuller kept large quantities of cash in his house. Young shot Fuller once in the back and then shot his wife, Nicola, four times, including once to the face. Sweet Nicola was able to call the police after this incident. The operator heard noises, but thought it was a young child playing games, so no help was sent. Sadly, it turns out the noise of the operator heard was the dying Nicola trying to speak through a severely broken jaw. Oh, it's like scream. Literally. Not long after the horrific crimes were committed, Psycho Stephen, as we shall now call him, was arrested for the murders. He admitted to going to the Fuller house on that day of the murder, but insisted, as one does, that Harry and Nicola were already dead, prompting him to run away in fear. Sure. Okay. Whatever. That story failed to convince the jury, as well it Mm -hmm. should, and he was convicted and given two life sentences. Then, on October 1994, uh, a retrial was ordered. 
it seems four of the jurors turned out to have sought a bit of outside help in making their decision. They used an upturned wine glass on a Ouija board no. in an attempt to contact the victims <gasps> and ask them if Young did this it. This is hilarious. I mean, why not? Why not? Yeah. But I love how it's in London. And have you ever watched Most Haunted, which is like their big ghost hunting show the over there? The one that's been around forever? Yeah. Yes. They always use an upturned wine glass yeah. instead of a planchette. I, do, I just watch the whole thing going down in my head as I do. So apparently the board confirmed that Young was the murderer. The next morning, the foursome told the other eight jurors about the board's message, although the remaining jurors insisted that they didn't take it seriously or let it affect their decision. Psycho Stevens' appeal for a second trial was granted because of the Ouija board. I mean, they were just trying to do some extra research. Yeah. At least they knew who they were talking to. Um, luckily, Psycho Stevens' conviction held up a second time. I wonder if they brought the Ouija board in as official <laughs> evidence. Hilarious. I love it. So I did. It did kind of. It was what originally what I was looking for was yeah. solving a crime. So there you have it, kids. Three crazy cases where the Ouija board came into play. See what I did there? Play in true crime stories. I still can't get over those two kids. Oh, I know. I hate them. Well, Grandma Carol, too. I mean, that one almost has, like, possession validity almost, kind of, sort of. I mean, I don't even know right. her, but <laughs> it seemed like she was just a normal, loving grandma before all that went down. Right. But I feel like something very wrong happened yeah. in her. Like, those kids were just terrible kids. Oh, they were awful. Terrible, Ugh. terrible teenagers. Whatever. I mean, most teenagers are pains in the asses, but but these two are like taking it to beyond levels. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed that. I like like doing stories like that sometimes, like Mm multi-point ones, so it's not just like one story. Um, But yeah, mine's not too long because there are a lot of... like submitted stories regarding it. Okay, I love that. But at that point, it's like, who's telling the truth and who's just posting one, post one. So I'm going to talk about Route 666. Ooh. So you would think that our nation's highway planners would know to avoid naming any road Route 666. Well, you would think. But, you know, there was a Route 666. I didn't even know that was a real thing. Yep. It was originally the sixth branch of the long gone Route 66 that runs through four states in the West. The road is almost 200 miles long and runs through Colorado, New Mexico, and ends in Utah. These states are making efforts to change the name, which it since has been changed. Gotcha. But one enduring legend of Route 66, Route 666, speaks of a young girl, and guess what she's wearing? Uh, Something white. A white dress. Yes. Who wanders along the desolate dark road in the middle of the night. Being that there is nothing around for miles, most motorists who see the girl attempt to stop and offer her help. Of course, when they do, the young girl disappears and she's nothing but dust. Gone. Well, at least she doesn't actually get into the car because that's when she gets scary. Well, <laughs> oh, this touches on something you've talked about. More malevolent spirits of the road will go so as far as, far as climbing into your car with you. It is said that Native American. Again, shapeshifters known as skinwalkers Ooh. terrorize motorists along Route 666. They first appear as various animals in front of moving vehicles and hoping to cause drivers to swerve and crash. If this does not work, they appear. They just appear in the back seat and a- attempt to steal the passengers' souls. Oh, because that's terrifying. <laughs> they go from zero to 100 real quick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, look, a bunny rabbit. <laughs> It's a jackalope. No, wait, it's coming for my soul. Literally in my backseat. So Linda Dunning, she has a book called Specters in Doorways, The History and Hauntings of Utah, tells an experience her and her husband had on this road. He was driving along it, and I'm not going to say Road 666 anymore. Okay. One night. when Demon Highway. Right. When he suddenly saw a truck that looked like it was on fire heading straight for him. Oh, shit. Right down the middle of the highway. The truck was going so fast that sparks were flying up in the wheels and flames were coming from the smokestack. 
He estimated that the truck was traveling 130 miles an hour. That's some intense CGI. He pulled off the road and bled into the desert until the imposing flaming vehicle passed by him. Crazy. According to Linda, wow. the mad trucker was not the only apparition that apparition one should be wary of while traveling down this road. She said packs of demon dogs have been seen on the highway as well. They attack at night with yellow eyes and sharp teeth, shredding the tires of those stupid enough to stop along the highway at night. I wonder if there's a difference between demon dogs and hounds of hell. I don't know. Anyway. Then there is a beautiful, young, frail girl in a long nightgown that roams the road. People see her along the side of the road and alone in the middle of nowhere. They stop to help her and she vanishes. I'm assuming she's talking about the one that I mentioned earlier, but this is just Absolutely. what yeah. Little Miss Linda is saying. There are many tales of people who either have disappeared along the route or suddenly reappear out of nowhere and claim to have been like they think it's another time. There are even tales. Ooh, that of, could be aliens. Yes. <laughs> there are even tales of the same person disappearing at one point along the highway and reappearing at another location miles away without any recollection of where they have been or how they got there, or what they were doing. Now, how close is this to Skinwalker Ranch? I'm super curious now. I'll well, have to Google that. It's, I mean, a long road, so I'm I wonder... I'm sure it's somewhere. Yeah, it's got to be close enough. Maybe it's just all branching out from Skinwalker Ranch. Right. Mm-hmm. So there are some non-paranormal cryptid horrors, horrors along the highway as well. In 2002, a woman had a heart attack while driving and drove head onto a speeding truck. Oh, shit. Four people died and a baby was seriously injured oh, on the Devil's Highway. Terrifying. After much public pressure, most of the highway has been changed to a different name. The states, um, the states including the following jurisdictions, for changing the road's name and petition, they say... Um, Whereas people living near the road already live under the cloud of opprobrium created by having a road that many believe is cursed running near their homes and their homeland. And the number 666 carries the stigma of being marked of the beast, the mark of the devil, which was described in a book of revelations in the Bible. And there are people who refuse to travel the road, not because of the issue of safety, but because the fear of the devil controls events along United States Route 666. And lastly, the economy is in an area in the area is greatly depressed when compared to many other parts of the United States. And the infamy brought by the inopportune naming of this road will only make development in the area more difficult. So, Those were the four points that like they actually took to the state okay. saying we need to change this name. Well, you, you gotta lay it out. So. Right. <laughs> the area in Ari- or, so the road that goes through Arizona has now been named Highway 191. Okay. In Utah, it's now known as New 491 Old 666. Okay, so they couldn't let it go. Right. But this new moniker has not stopped the strange incidents from happening on the road, nor has it stopped people from telling a bunch of stories. Driving the highway at night, they still say you're driving at your own risk. Even in the daytime, some of the long deserted stretches are enough to frighten drivers or at least put them to sleep, which is as dangerous as seeing things. Yeah. But yeah, they still say that a ton of crazy things happen. Like I said, people just fall asleep randomly while driving during the day and they'll say that they weren't even tired. Something just really came upon them and they fell asleep. But I think it needs to be investigated. Oh, literally. I mean, Absolutely. If it's, so long surely someone can investigate it oh absolutely well and here's the thing i mean if you rename waverly hills to exactly um waverly mountains sanatorium it's still gonna be fucking haunted and i get what they were saying in terms of like how it might affect an economy if that highway is the only way in and out of a city yeah because there's so many superstitious people in the world oh for sure that would never lay a tire on that road oh absolutely not so yeah and then you've got weirdos like me. I'm like, I, w- I want answers. But what were they thinking? Oh, here's the deal. Did they name it Route 666 because weird shit was happening there? True. I, I, I'm curious who decided to choose those numbers for that road and when it was made a highway and stuff I'll never really look up. But you know, I am curious about. Who knows? All right. 
But that was good. I like that. Short and sweet. Just so I was looking up. I wanted to do another cryptid. And then I was reading one article and at the bottom of it, it was like a link to another article. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that sounds kind of interesting. Yeah, Because I had no idea that was even a road. Yeah. Now, I, I will say every time I think of Route 66 because of my sons and my grandson, all I think about is Cars, the movie right. from Disney. Of course. Get your kicks on Route 666. Uh, so I have a story. Okay. From a listener. Oh. From Rob from Texas. Okay, Rob from Texas. So he, he entitled the email Tall and Creepy, which, of course, intrigued me because I do love a good subject line. Um, Rob says, I work in a building that was an older hotel built in the 50s and converted into offices. I have over the years heard and seen some odd and unexplainable things. Nothing super spooky for that matter, even or even creeped me out. That was until about six weeks ago. I work nights and often go down into the parking garage to have a cigarette around the middle of my shift. I'm almost always the only one in the building at these times. I walked into the parking garage and could hear what sounded like someone talking in almost a whisper. No. Do, 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 do. I started walking in the direction and I saw a figure that was tall and almost looked like it was made of gray rags and smoke. Hmm. I'm picturing a dementor at this point. Yes. <laughs> at that moment, my thoughts were someone had accidentally let in an urban outdoorsman and I walked towards it. Maybe like ghillie suit. Yeah. Urban outdoorsman. I like that. I've not heard that term before. As I got close, the whisper became an indistinct chatter that sounded like more than one person. And I started to get an uneasy feeling. Yeah, I would um, run. I took a deep breath and reminded myself that I'm a pretty big fella and I teach karate. So I <laughs> good point. Fair enough. Both of them. Um, so I round the corner where I had seen this figure duck behind. And as I did, there was nothing and the chatter silenced immediately. Okay. That's, that's fucking terrifying. Creepy. Yeah, absolutely. I stopped dead in my tracks and went over what had just happened in my head. The weird chatter, the very peculiar, smoky-looking thing. There was nowhere for someone to hide or exit without me seeing them because the corner that surrounded this leads into a loading dock that is inaccessible from the garage area. Huh. I'm sure I'm I'm sure what or who I saw, but the more times I play it back in my mind, I am sure I don't want to see it or them again. Understandable. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Been a fan since I heard Kitsy on Darkness Radio way back. Cheers to you guys. Love the podcast and all the episodes on Amazon. Also the classics on YouTube. Classics. Classics. <laughs> if you read this, you can just say Rob from Texas. And I did. Yeah. Rob, that was awesome. That was an amazing story. Also, so if you guys listen, you know that we are always accepting listeners submitted stories like this at oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. But that was like the exact, like exactly what we asked for. It was like yep. a well-told story. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. What he preferred to be called. Yes. Even a good subject line and even some ass kissing at the end. Right. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob from Texas. You're the best. But yeah, we we need all your stories. I we mean, the, even if you hear a really cool story from a coworker about something that happened to their cousin that you think is worth yeah. just entertaining, really, send it over. We're Oddity Files Crew at Gmail. We want to do some more Odisodes here in the future. Yes. That are filled with listener stories, or even if you want to record it on your phone and email it to us yes, at the please. same address, oddityfilescrew at gmail. So, is is there anything I'm forgetting to talk? This one went really smooth, Clayton. It did. I don't think so. Movie. No, we have. I mean, all of the all of the topics that we usually cover, we covered. We have merch still online as we get closer to season three being released. You will see some new things popping up yes. on there that I can't talk too much about, but you'll just see pop up on there. Absolutely. Um, everyone, go get a Reiki healing, cleaning session. Healing, I think. Done. Yeah. And let us know what you think. Or if you've had one, ooh, that could be cool. If you've had one, 
email us your experience if you're comfortable oddityfilescrew at gmail.com we'd love love to hear about yours i'm sure we will follow up with you on if kitsy's able to get in and get hers done as well for sure but come see us at a live event yes we have plenty coming up we are in indiana twice illinois once kentucky once minnesota once and hopefully somewhere in texas yes that's our super secret one we can't talk about yet because we don't have a time or a date (laughs) but so appreciative of you guys yes we love you guys so so much so much thank you again i know we always say this but I have to say it every time because it's true. You guys getting the word out about this show and about our TV show to all your friends and family and, you know, just anybody who will listen. Anyone. Via retweets and shares on all the socials. You guys are fucking amazing and we can't thank you enough. And just from the bottom of my black little heart, I thank you. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. Like she said, it's... like just getting online and looking at all the the comments you guys leave for us and how you interact, especially in our Oddity Files fan group, which again is on Facebook. If you want to join that, we don't turn anyone away. But if if you're just spamming us, we'll kick you out. Or if you're um, an asshole, we'll kick you out. But yeah, join that. We love we just love interacting with fans, and that's why I say that I love the live podcast so much because afterwards we actually get to talk to people. People have listened. People have never listened before. People who are just curious about the entire topic and yeah it's just been a lot of fun it's so crazy that we are only a couple weeks away from a year it's insane i know i hadn't even thought about that for a minute we are wow but like she said we can't do it without you guys please continue to share we will get this month's contest winner announced next week oh already i know it's already october but if you're clueless as to what the contest is we hold a contest once a month and all you have to do is go to Apple Podcast and leave a review, screenshot the review you left, and email it to us, again, at oddityfilescrew at gmail.com, and we will put you into a drawing. Yes, it sounds like we're shamelessly asking for reviews, but we, we are. One million percent are, because we are those people. We are not afraid to ask. If you don't ask, you don't know. But kids, weird is the new cool, and go stunt. Goodbye. See ya.